Hello and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Sarah Marshall, and today I'd like to tell you why there's never been a better time to watch Dirty Dancing. Who's that? Oh, them. They're the dance people. They're here to keep the uh, guests happy. In 1987, Americans flocked to a movie about the forbidden love between a young Jewish radical and a male prostitute. Dirty Dancing is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, and it is often remembered as nothing more than a teeny bopper classic, lumped in with other offerings of the time like Footloose and Flashdance and Fame. You know, the I Want My MTV era musicals about characters who dance their problems away. But Dirty Dancing is also one of the most highly politicized movies ever to achieve success among mainstream teenage audiences. To summarize, Frances Baby Houseman, played by Jennifer Grey, is a liberal but sheltered young doctor's daughter who comes to a Catskills resort with her family, expecting to kill time before starting her first semester at Mount Holyoke in the fall. That was the summer of 1963, when everybody called me Baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. That was before President Kennedy was shot, before the Beatles came, when I couldn't wait to join the Peace Corps, and I thought I'd never find a guy as great as my dad. At Kellerman's, there's an unofficial but immediately clear divide within the resort staff. There's the regulars. You waiters are all college guys, and I went to Harvard and Yale to hire you. Nice Jewish boys who are basically instructed, in no uncertain terms, to romance all the nice Jewish girls visiting with their families. And then there is the entertainment staff. Well, if it isn't the entertainment staff. Some of whom are non-white, all of whom are working class, and who dance with the kind of sexual abandon that most nice Jewish girls had yet to experience in 1963, at least if Baby's reaction is any indication. Baby sneaks into the entertainment staff's after-hours party and becomes fascinated by both Johnny, played by Patrick Swayze, and his dance partner, Penny. Your cousin. she doing this? came with me. She's with me. I carried a watermelon. The movie could have progressed very easily from this point without deviating from the romantic comedy playbook. Baby and Johnny have to spend time together so their enmity can turn to attraction. Let's put them together and have them rehearse a dance. Doing that would mean taking Penny out of the action somehow, but that's standard maneuvering, and there are a million ways to do it. Have her break a leg, rush off to visit a sick relative, even take an accidental overdose. Whatever. But Dirty Dancing takes a different route. Penny needs an abortion. One of the nice boys on staff, a med student who apparently keeps a copy of Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead in his back pocket at all times, has gotten her pregnant and refuses to take responsibility. Just where do you get off telling me what's right? You can't just leave her. I didn't I mean... blow a summer hauling toasted bagels just to bail out some little chick and probably ball every guy in the place. Some people count, some people don't. Penny needs an abortion so desperately, not because she doesn't want to have children, this is never even mentioned as a factor, but because she can't make a living if she can't keep dancing, and she can't keep dancing if she can't get an abortion. Baby borrows money from her father to pay for Penny's abortion, learns to dance with Johnny so she can take Penny's place in a hotel show on the night of the procedure, and has to reveal the truth to her father anyway when the, quote, real doctor who was supposed to provide Penny's abortion turns out to be a hack, 
and leaves Penny in agonizing pain. It remains one of the few movies to not only feature a character deciding to get an abortion and then actually getting one, but to also show the horrific aftermath of an illegal abortion. Before we return to the romance plot, we linger on the bloodstained sheets of a botched abortion. And the rest of the movie lingers on the pain that comes when we adopt different political perspectives than the people we love. Dirty Dancing is also a love story about how the personal becomes the political. Baby, liberal in theory, becomes radicalized in practice when she confronts the real problems of the working class people around her. In Dirty Dancing, there's nothing sexier than political empowerment, and there's nothing more romantic than the practice of learning to see beyond class lines. And it's romance that makes that happen. I've never known anybody like you. You look at the world and you think you can make it better. Somebody's lost you, find them. Somebody in the movie's final you. scene, the rules of reality loosen, and Johnny and Baby demonstrate their love to the world in a cinematically perfect final dance. This is the fantastic confection that tops a movie whose story has, for the most part, been unusually rooted in reality's harshest details. The closing scene where you were able to show, to everyone, why your love is real, why this man is worth your love, why the people you care for matter, and why the boundaries that hold the people of your world apart can dissolve as soon as you are ready to let them. And this is where reality gets more complicated. We often expand our political views through personal relationships. There may, in the end, be no more powerful form of political transformation. But sharing these paths with others, helping these worlds to coexist, is often more difficult. We need to communicate with more than just the power of dance. But Dirty Dancing, for its fantasy trappings, is also a movie that recognizes love as a political act. Today, we can do nothing less. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as a thank you for listening to this episode, we'd like to offer you four totally free, non-commitment issues of The Week magazine. To get those, visit theweek.com slash for free. I'm Sarah Marshall, and thanks so much for listening. Music